Now this was after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea um, that took place in the days of Herod the king. Behold, Magi, and uh, there is a reference in my Bible um, to these uh, individuals that are referred to. Um, there it says they were a class of wise men specializing in astronomy, astrology, and natural sciences. And uh, in looking at this, this thing's a different one. I, I usually go to John too, and John mentioned that they are were connected uh, with the, one of the things that they had as responsibility of these magi was to oversee official areas of leadership, particularly the appointment of kings and uh, high rulers and leaders like that. These occult leaders, these magi, uh, had worked their way into high positions. If you remember that uh, Daniel, in his, uh, in the book of Daniel, he had been placed in a high position. In fact, he was placed in charge of this, this magi group, these Chaldeans that were in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar, in the Babylonian kingdom. And uh, so, and he was there not only during the reign of, of Nebuchadnezzar and in Babylon when uh, um, after Nebuchadnezzar died and his son Belshazzar was in that reign, uh, Daniel was still in a position of high leadership. And uh, when the kingdom fell, the Medo-Persians took over, uh, Daniel was still in a position of authority and uh, to the point that there were those that were jealous of him and were trying to to uh, replace him and, and trick uh, the leadership into punishing Daniel because they couldn't find anything else wrong with him. You know that story, Daniel in the lion's den. The point is that these astrologers and these people were very powerful. And uh, here we read in Matthew's Gospel that there were a group of them that arrived in Jerusalem and they were saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? It doesn't point out here, but we know that Herod was a descendant of Edom and uh, he had finagled and done a lot of political payments and favors in order to be declared by Rome to be the king of the Jews over the Judea and over the Jews. It was an important designation for him that he was the king of the Jews. And he was fanatic about that. Uh, and you know that Herod, when he gets fanatically motivated, will do things like kill his own mother and his own family and stuff like that. He's very bloodthirsty. He is the one that later had all the babies in Bethlehem slaughtered because he heard that there was this one born king of the Jews and he wanted to stop it. So this is a kind of a dismal scene as we open up Matthew and we see these guys coming from the east. The text doesn't emphasize it the way that it, in the English, the way that it is in the Greek. In the Greek it is that they come and they are continually asking over and over again, where is he that is born king of the Jews. Bear in mind now, here come these men, and by the way, how many were there from the east? Well, we think three, because of the 
Christmas carol, We Three Kings of Orient are. And also from the three gifts. But that's exactly right. They think that too. But we really don't know how many there are. We have no idea. And uh, we don't even know, in fact, the, the likelihood of them riding on camels is probably not uh, substantiated. They probably came riding in on steeds, Persian horses. Uh, and uh, these were very, very, very prominent men coming, sir? With an armed guard. Yeah, they were coming with an armed guard, which it would not be an exaggeration to think that they could come riding in for 500 or 1,000 soldiers or troops with them. And they would have to, in that entourage, bring enough food and shelter for them to protect them. But they would not be making that trip without protection, especially in those days. And so it's a very austere scene that here is this King Herod, who is a fanatic about protecting his position, his leadership. And he looks out of the window and he sees this massive group of astrologers, these very powerful kingmakers riding into his city and they are asking everybody where is the one born king of the Jews and they they don't have an answer for them and so this is very troubling uh, for this they say that we saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him the uh, word star there is just simply the word shining uh, it could be a star but it could be anything else as well and the way that it acts is probably not a star. It's probably uh, either a manifestation of God's Shekinah glory, perhaps the glory that appeared to the shepherds, or whatever. Whatever, whatever manifestation it was, it didn't leave any doubt in the minds of these very powerful leaders that they would come with a lot of expensive treasures and come a long way just to see a child that is being born on the strength of something that they saw in the sky. It would have to be something very significant and very convincing to them. And so here comes these, these magi, <clears throat> these, uh, and they are looking for the one who was born king of the Jews, that they saw his shining in the east, and they have come. And the word there, worship, I was listening to Sproul on this, and I thought it was very interesting. He said, this is not the typical word that you would use to describe someone bowing down to kings. He says, it is rather the word that you would use somebody falling on their face, their mouth in the ground, to worship God. And so I don't know how strong a, a, a knowledge they had, but isn't God able to reach people uh, and to speak to their hearts and to bring out of their hearts a passion and a desire to do his will. Uh, I th he is. And so here these, these uh, magi come and they come to Jerusalem and they are looking for the one that is born king of the Jews. Um, I am personally persuaded that the reason that they came here could be attributed to Daniel and his three friends back in the Old Testament. Now, remember that in the Bible, every time we have miracles being performed, 99% of the time those miracles are performed to confirm a miracle, a message, or a messenger, or, or whatever <coughs> of God's spokesman, either the message of Jesus, the message of the apostles, or the message of the prophets that were preaching in the Old Testament. Miracles confirm to the people that this man is from God. 
But if you think about it, the miracles that God performed through Daniel and through his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where are the people that the miracles would confirm to them that this was from God? We know that they that they wrote the the Magi um, in their Aramaic kept uh, extensive records. They had a, a major library of records. They did a lot of record keeping. That's how they thought they originally could foretell the dream. Was they kept records of all kinds of dreams? But Nebuchadnezzar didn't want them to interpret his dream. He wanted them to tell him what his dream was. You remember that at the beginning? He couldn't do that. Um, that was uh, that was God's providences. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I I am convinced that the miraculous life of Daniel and his three friends, uh, the way that Daniel was able to foretell Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the way that Daniel was able uh, to give prophecy, how his three friends were able to be protected in the fiery furnace. Uh, and how he was able to escape the lion's den, and all of these things that are miraculous would go down into the records and uh, that would be later read by Magi and others that when they saw this shining in the east, they would go back looking at their records and trying to find out well, what is going on here. This is not something that's normal. This has to be something that's from God, and right away, I think the only indication in their minds of somebody that would be significantly a messenger from God would be the Jewish people, Daniel and his three friends, whom God displayed his miraculous powers through hundreds of years earlier, and they recorded it in their, in their libraries. And so uh, I'm, I'm convinced that there, when they saw that shining there that night, they began doing their homework and their study. We know that they had the entire Old Testament in their libraries, and uh, that I believe that they read among the many passages, particularly Isaiah, which talked about a star in the east, talked about uh, the people that live in darkness have seen a great light, and it talks about God has given us a son in his name. We've been singing that, wonderful counsel, mighty God. And I'm convinced that all of these records convinced them that God was... God's son was being born, and of course, where would it be born? In a place but the city of Jerusalem, where it is the capital. So they took off to Jerusalem to worship this one. And of course, when they got to Jerusalem, we were reading that they were asking, where's one king, born king of the Jews? And nobody had an answer. Uh, and so Herod summoned the, the leaders, the religious leaders, and said, where is the Messiah to be born? And they said, of course, Bethlehem, let's read it. Um, Herod and the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And by the way, the fact that Jerusalem was troubled with him is very normal because Herod was such a fanatic. And if he was, if he was that upset about someone being born king of the Jews, and, and, uh, then you just never know what's going to come out of his heart. Yes? What, what, where are you in the Bible? I, I'm sorry, I'm in Matthew chapter 2, and I'm reading verse 3. Herod and the king they were troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And uh, they had, I'm, I'm sorry about that. They had gathered together all the chief priests and the scribes and the people, and he was inquiring of them, Herod was inquiring of them, where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what is written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, but out of you shall come forth a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. And so Herod, then hearing that, 
wanting to rid this threat to his position of security secretly called the magi and carefully determined for them the time of the stars appearing so he would he would know how long ago it took place and then he sent those magi and others to jerusalem to bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the child and when you have found him report to me so that i too may come and worship him now we cause know that his intention was not to worship him his intention was to kill him but uh, so they 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 left and after they heard this from the king they went their way and behold the star which had they'd seen in the east uh, was going on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was so remember the star is what awoke their or the light what woke their attention their attention they began to pursue that i believe the scriptures were a major issue that that the god used to get their attention and to direct their hearts they came to jerusalem where they would they thought they were going to find the king <clears throat> then they were redirected to bethlehem and when they started out from bethlehem the shining reappeared and led them over the house where the child was born and it says here verse verse 10 and when they saw the star the star they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy so this is a this is the now a confirmation they've come this way they've been asking questions they haven't gotten any real good answers the last answer was he's somewhere in bethlehem so they're going to bethlehem and then that star appears and it really confirms that and they have great joy and after coming to the house they see the child uh, with mary his mother and they fell to the ground and worshiped him and opening their treasures they preserved presented to him gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and uh i'm going to stop there this probably took place we don't know for sure how long uh it was after jesus was born um we know it was at least 40 days probably because it would be around 40 days that they would take the child within that period of time that he would have to be weaned according to the law and when they had a sacrifice and made a sacrifice for him uh, they offered a turtle dove which would only be admissible if they were poor and so this have to be before they got those gifts because they would have not been poor after that so at least 40 days but it could have been longer than that and since herod killed children in bethlehem all the way up to two years some Bible scholars believe that uh, it could have been two years before when they first saw the signing that they, the, the star that they came to Jerusalem. I'm of the opinion it was probably closer to a year. It, it, my, my opinion is not anybody anybody else's. I'm just thinking that Herod was, uh, if, he'd, if he had not heard it was two years, I think he would have extended another year to kill babies that were three years. I think he would just wanted to be sure he got them all to, to not to let this, this child escape. But anyway, the thought in my mind is uh, that when we come this time of the year and we hear these stories, I, I run into people, occasionally I'll run into people at work whose name is Daniel. We, we get their information and I have to write their name down and it's Daniel and I have, I will tell them many times, I'll say, Daniel, he's one of the greatest men who ever lived. <laughs> and sometimes they'll say, what do you mean? And I say, well, I think Daniel was one of the ones that was responsible for the Magi years later coming to Jerusalem uh, to worship the child and uh, not directly responsible but his life and his testimony was confirmed and used by God it's interesting how history works together with the scriptures the, the scriptures are 
God's word and, and uh, the scriptures are very careful to put things in the, con- the historical context. If you remember the beginning of the story of the shepherds being out in Bethlehem was in the days of uh, Caesar Augustus. And it talks about the, the historical events that were taking place then so that those who study history can get an accurate picture because these are actual events that really took place. And uh, what I've given you is, is a lot of speculation, and some of it may not be accurate, but uh, it's interesting to me to think about that and to, to think about this, these uh, writers coming in, these magi, and uh, their hearts really overflowing with joy to worship this king that is born, which is what they did. And when they saw the star, they were, it, it's very overflowing with excitement and joy. When they saw the star and it reappeared, they were filled with exceedingly great joy. It was overflowing. They were very excited and very happy. And uh, only God gives that kind of joy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're coming tonight um, to remember the Lord uh, and to appreciate who he is and what he's done. Do we have somebody that's going to do Okay, we got that. Then I'm going to open us in prayer and uh, just ask the Lord to be merciful to us, and uh, then Pete, do you mind after giving a few minutes of any wants to pray? Anybody can pray. It's, it's open communion, and so we, we're all part of the family. We can share what God is showing us in the scriptures and pray. I'll begin us in prayer, and then anybody wants to pray, and then Pete, do you mind closing us in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for who you are. We've been looking today. We've been basking today, overflowing more than we can possibly contain uh, in emotional, if we understood, if we really understood the things, the greatness of your person and who you are and what you've done, uh, how could we possibly contain uh, our emotion, our joy, uh, our wonder, our tears of excitement and pleasure? Uh, You are just, you are, you exceed our expectations in such grandiose grandiose ways and we are very very thankful and very blessed and uh, so I'm just really I'm really thankful to you overflowing maybe uh, with gratitude for who you are and what you've done and we are here as your family tonight we are safe and secure as far as we know and uh, we have the privilege to open your word and to look into it we have the experiences of what you've been showing us throughout the day and how we've been you've been leading us and what you've been doing and we are excited about the, your goodness to us thank you for these uh, accounts and the scriptures both the account of, of the birth of our Lord there in Luke chapter 2 uh, where he is born and the, the sign was he was being uh, they would find the babe in a feeding trough uh, and we are just so overwhelmed with the greatness of your message and the, the recipients of your message, shepherds who were considered to be some of the lowest on the, 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 the cultural line because they were always dirty, could never really come into the temple, who were out uh, walking around where it is dirty. And, and yet you chose to make the first announcement to them which is um, it's the way you are, isn't it? You don't do things according to our plans and our schedules and our estimations. Your way is infinitely, infinitely higher 
and greater. And then we have these uh, occult magi whose heart has been touched in a way by you that really has broken them and they have come seeking you and wanting to worship you and how you have used uh, the testimony, I believe, the testimony of your friends back in Israel during the days of Daniel to direct their interest and their hearts as they began to do their research in the libraries of the Hebrew scriptures to see what they could learn about your intervention and to learn about the one, as Isaiah said, that is born, uh, given to us a child and a son. And uh, so I'm just, we're just really very, very blessed and very impressed. And uh, I remember John MacArthur teaching on Psalm uh, 50, in, in Isaiah 50, and 53 uh, that those words that confession that they made that was made in that that psalm is actually the words of a confession that will be made it is their confession written down that the Jews will be making profession professing once they fall uh, on their knees before the Messiah and realize who he is and what they've done and they will repent of that and those will be words that come from their lips about the greatness of the Savior that uh, they they came and died in their place. We are just beyond discovery of, of words and issues to help us understand your greatness. But I thank you for who you are. Thank you for this privilege tonight as we stumble around with our words to describe the greatness of the Word who has come from God the Father down to this planet to speak to and to suffer for and to redeem and purchase your people back from their way from our wayward direction our sin thank you for this opportunity thank you for your mercy thank you for your grace and thank you for the privilege the privilege that is ours to worship you here this evening and this is your request you've asked us to do that so help us help us to to meet and help our hearts to overflow with real gratitude and real surrender to you because you are so worthy.